On today's episode of 77 Minutes in Heaven, we will talk about Luka Doncic's first all-star start and also look at the Western Conference playoff picture and where the Mavericks fall. Welcome to 77 Minutes in Heaven, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. This is Tim Cato. I'm the Mavericks staff writer for The Athletic. Uh, joined today, as always, it's Dave Dufour, Mo DeCule. How are you guys? Doing great, man. We got the team together. We got the, we got the, the whole squad together. The team. Yeah, barely. Barely. I barely survived Chicago. The, the polar, polar conditions, the frozen tundra. It wasn't. Even I thought that with all back. your scarves, it wasn't even that cold. It was pretty. Thought, it was pretty I, cold. Hold on, I hung out with Seth Part now a lot in Chicago. Seth is from Alaska. If Seth says it's cold, it's cold. Man, I didn't well, see that's Seth. That's a good point. That's a bummer. That's, well, there's a reason why. Yeah, yeah. I think that was on purpose. Mm, mm, mm. So any anybody who I did not see at All Star Weekend was because of a pur- purposeful avoidance. On their they were avoiding I, you. Yeah, I literally didn't go because I heard you were going. I'm surprised that I saw as many people as I did. Then those were by accident. Yeah, I do. I do have very silent footsteps, so people can't really hear when I'm when I'm walking up on them. Not at all creepy. <laughs> <laughs> what a strange way to start this show. Wow, we went <laughs> off the rails before we even started. Jeez. <laughs> Man, I, I will say, in all earnesty, one of my favorite parts about All-Star is just seeing people who I don't see at any other part of the year. I just remember all these friends and people I know that are all kind of condensed in the same place for a weekend. So, uh, that's that's always a fun part. And uh, I hadn't been in a few years. I didn't go last year when Luca was part of the Rising Stars game. And uh, I think he also participated in the skills competition last year. I, I didn't attend that one. But I was here at this one. I thought, you know, Luca. You better is, start getting ready. You're going to be going to a lot of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, out of all the ones, like the, the first one is is by far the most important. And we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens in in the future. But yeah, there's there's no question that this is the first of a long string of Luca All Star appearances. It seemed like he enjoyed this one. It's been a long time since he's been not the center of attention in any like in every public space that he goes to you know it's been like three years where he is just at every you know in almost every single circumstance you know he's the most famous person he's like he's the guy with the most attention on him most of the eyes on him you know i bet it was i bet it was like a slight relief to hang out on a team where you know when he was teammates with lebron and, and james harden and chris paul and russell westbrook i i have to imagine that was a relief what did you guys think of uh of him uh in the All-Star game, you know? He had a he had a couple moments, didn't close down the stretch. I, I guess that's pretty pretty normal, I guess. Is that is that is that reasonable? Hey, look like you had a good time. That's all that really matters, right? Yeah. Yeah, it should be fun. I think part of it too, with him not closing down the stretch though, Tim, was like how much was his ankle bothering him? And like how much were they did the Mavs kind of want him to be careful in both the Rising Star games and the All-Star game? Yeah, that it, it might have been something. He actually mentioned something about how it was fine. His ankle was fine, but I, I guess it just—it's st- maybe it's still not hundred percent. Like, like he he did see it as a priority 
you know, to play this weekend. This was important to him to get to get back on the court and all that stuff. So, you know, maybe maybe it was someone involved in there. I don't know. What was your favorite part of Luca's All-Star uh, adventure? Rising Star, uh, the All-Star game itself. Was there anything that really stood out to you, Tim, that kind of made you jump up? And, and, and you too, Dave, you guys were both there. I don't I don't know if it was ever a single uh, specific moment. Um, actually, no. Okay, if there's one moment I have to single out, it was him. So it was the it was the team LeBron practice on Saturday morning, and they were all messing around. It was the most unstructured practice I've ever seen. You know, they didn't, I don't think they practiced a single player, and it was just literally, literally just shooting around on the court. You know, it was a public practice, so there's people there to watch. Uh, and and at some point, they just started shooting half court shots. And there's a few photos that have come out of it, and the photos are really cool. And it's just everybody, you know, everybody crowding around luca and smiling and he's taking this half court shot and he's you know the center of attention for again this famous team of you know squad of teammates and it's just like it's it's kind of like when uh you know it kind of looked like a fraternity hazing event or something and it like a wholesome version of that or or you right. know a, a new employee <laughs> to the job you know and you take him out for happy hour after and it's just like everybody crowding around this guy and, and you know uh you know being like i, I think lebron was actually who uh like luca luca get over here you know, it's, you got to take this half court shot now uh, after after three or four people had taken them and missed. And and, you know, Luca just the night before I nailed one of the Rising Stars games. So, you know, I, I think I think that was that was a really cool thing to, to see his, uh his his hazing initiation, if, if you will, in a in a uh, to to the all star crew. Did you see anything, Dave? Did anything else stand out to you? I know you weren't shadowing him quite as much yeah, as I was. I, I think, you know, from the Rising Stars game when he hit the half court three. Um, and the little moment with him and Trey Young, I thought that was pretty fun. My theory is that um, Trey Young, or yeah, Trey Young was matched up on Luca uh, at some point in that first half, and he kind of realized it, and the crowd realized it, and they started, you know, like like just getting a little bit excited because it was you know the two best players in that game matched up on each other. But I think Trey hates the Trey Luca narrative. Um, so, so he passed the ball and I'm pretty sure he did that on purpose. Like he didn't want to, you know, score on him or otherwise it would have just been feeding that narrative that I really don't think Trey Young likes. And Luca's like ambivalent towards it too. You know, it's, they're trading for each other, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just a funny way that with that us media people just kind of connect players forever. Well, I mean, they're, they're going to be linked forever because of what it does in that, that trade and, the, and, and what it means for both franchises going forward. It's no different than. The Chris Paul or Darren Williams back in the day when uh, Utah picked Darren Williams and New Orleans drafted uh, Chris Paul. So it's just kind of a normal thing. Like these guys just end up linked and, and, and that's the end of it. I mean, Trey might want to get comfortable with it because they're both going to be all-stars for, for quite a while, hopefully if they all have long careers. So it, I, I think it's just a, something Trey's got to get over. But overall, what did you feel? How did Luca feel at the end of it all like? What was his impressions of All-Star? Did you get a chance to talk to him at all? Yeah, I mean, I talked to him after the All-Star game a little bit. It was a scrum setting. He talked for four minutes. So, you know, I, it's in, you know, he was his usual Luca self where if he could answer a question in one word, he did. So, you know, that's, that's just kind of the way he is around media. You know, he's not, you know, disrespectful to us by any means, but, you know, he will he will have short answers. Uh, but But he seemed to enjoy it. You know, the one thing I thought I, you know, the other thing I thought I noticed from him a, a constant throughout this entire week and he was always smiling and you know he, he smiles plenty i mean it's, it's not a you know i'm not i'm not saying otherwise but uh he is he is certainly someone you know i think who really really enjoyed this moment and and enjoyed uh 
you know, everything that uh, everything that happened to him, you know, just being around these 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 idols that he grew up watching. And, and you know, I, I think any any first time all star is going to kind of feel that way. And, and his his infectious smile and joy and all that stuff was was especially visible uh, to me as, as I was kind of keeping a close eye on him throughout the weekend. Let me ask you guys this question. Let's have a little let's get a little crazy. What do you think the chances are or at what point will Luca actually be a captain? Of a uh, uh, of the team, meaning one of the top vote getters. LeBron is just so popular that it would be hard um, in the West, but but maybe when LeBron retires, so like twenty twenty five, okay, yeah, or when he goes back to Cleveland, <laughs> so next year, maybe. next year, okay, when he opts out, says, all right, uh, I'm out, guys, uh, back to Cleveland, Dan Gilbert and whoever's coaching the team at that point, <laughs> it'll be fun times. I'm sure. I'm sure our Super producer and diehard Laker fan Sasha Shaw love that one there, Dave. That will definitely make the pot. Looking forward now after the All Star break, Tim. Like, what's your look for the Mavs? What are you keeping an eye on, and and and, and how things are going to be progressing? To me, the post All Star break is is uh, you know all about how the Mavericks look fully healthy again. You know, if if they can stay that way, uh, which is always the big if, but. They have seen Luca and Porzingis play something like eight games together since early December. And so getting getting a fully functional realized team together, that's important. That that's something that we uh that that we hadn't seen much. And uh, you know, the last game headed into the All-Star break, we talked about it, I think, a little bit last week, and you know, it just was the perfect summation of what those two can do together. So you know, just a continuation of that, I, I think, is important. Um, I, I'm also interested, you know, it's it's time to start talking NBA standings and, you know, playoff seating and things like that. You know, the the Mavericks are... Well, the Mavericks, the Mavericks are seventh right now at 33 and 22, tied with OKC. So, I'm assuming OKC has a tiebreaker since they're six. Yes, uh, they do. You know, and they're a game and a half behind Houston for the fifth seed. God, now I got to do math on the fly. You guys suck. Uh, three and a half behind the uh, Utah Jazz for the fourth seed. Four, four back for three seed with the Clippers. You know what? What do, when you're looking at them and, and 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 Dave, what do you see when you look at them? Like, what are their chances? You think of climbing up higher than that? I mean, I I think it's just as good as anyone. It, again, it's it's very much going to be about health for for this team. You know, Porzingis still working his way back. I think from from missing all that time. What's Luca going to look like post break with that ankle injury? I mean, I, I know it's not fun to say this, but he probably would have been better off had he not participated in All Star Weekend, um, coming off that ankle injury, getting the extra time off to to rest up and heal for the regular season. Um, and so, my dog is a big fan of Luka Doncic. Apparently, he is very um, upset with you. He is very upset with yeah. you right now. <laughs> um, but you should, you know, you should name I, him Luka Doncic. No, his name's Pippin, so you know, oh, okay. take take what you will oh, from oh, that. Before before you before you move on, Dave, Tim, no, bad, bad, bad Tim. But you know, I, I think you know, Oklahoma City is playing really good basketball still. Obviously, Houston has pivoted toward toward this small ball thing that I think they're gonna catch some teams off guard. And even Utah's not out of reach, three and a half games up. I I think they're probably gonna be in that five to seven range. I can't imagine they get to a four seed. And and most likely six or seven. I mean, I think Houston's clearly on a on a level, a tier just above them. But I, I think OKC and Dallas are, are pretty, you know, pretty similar as far as uh, 
you know, level of play. There is a little bit of a, a thing here where I think that they would rather play Denver than the Clippers in the first round. Oh, without a I, question, without any question. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so, you know, we're going to see OKC and Dallas sort of jockey for position based on what Denver and, and, and the Clippers are doing, I, I believe. You know, so that's going to be interesting to watch play out. But I think ideal scenario is, you know, to get to that five seed and either play Houston or Utah in the first round since, you know, it'd be one of the, you know, the weaker opponents you could play. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Dave. I think Denver would be the team they'd, they'd want to play. I don't think OKC cares one way or the other. But I do think Dallas wants to avoid the Clippers. I think that's a bit difficult for them, especially first playoff series for Luka, for Porzingis, uh, and, and and those guys kind of getting introduced to that atmosphere. I'd almost rad, rather play Denver than the team that most have ready to win the championship. So, uh, I mean, unless the Clippers are, are, are limping into the playoffs, I think that's kind of who, who I'd want to play. I, I'd, I think Luka's biggest struggle these days are athletic wings, especially when you have multiple you can throw at him. And, you know, that's that's pretty natural for any wing player. But, but yeah, no, I, I think that, you know, that would be a bad – you know, wouldn't be the best best matchup for Luca, and and just generally wouldn't wouldn't be a good matchup for for the Mavericks. So I, I think the Clippers are are the one team they really seriously need to avoid here. Everybody else, I, I I think they have a chance against the Nuggets would would be fine. The Jazz would be interesting. They've uh they've lost twice to them now. One was a blowout. One of them they should have won. But Gobert just kind of changes the dynamics of of a basketball game, and I don't think that they can. Well, it's interesting to see if they can they can take advantage of him enough. Obviously, they have Porzingis. You know, they they can play five out at all times. I, I don't know if they're quite talented enough to kind of run him off the floor like like a uh, like a team like Houston did. You know, in in times, you know, to to an extent. You know, and he, I think he's a you know Gobert's clearly a complete enough player that he's he's always going to give you you know twenty eight minutes or so. But you know, whether whether you push him into the thirties or or kind of accept the parameters of the game that the other team is trying to set up and and. Uh, you know that's that's a that's a different story. Is is there is there one team that jumps out to any of you guys as as realistic and and just a great good case scenario? Like it's it's the team that you know you would maybe even favor them against despite the inexperience. I'm not going to. And yeah, I'm I not, think they're going to be. Yeah, they're definitely going to be the underdog in in any series. It's so different regular season to the playoffs, and we've talked about it before. You know. It, Teams are going to lock in. I mean, they're going to have two to three days before they, before game one of the playoffs, and and obviously the Mavs are going to lock in and, and, and game plan. But teams are going to sit there and go, okay, how do we stop this team? And it all starts with like, how are we going to defend Luca? They're going to come up with their game plan there, and Luca's got to be able to see it, digest it right away, and and, and make adjustments to his play. And I think it gets it's difficult and really the first run. Of your playoff experience, and that doesn't mean they can't win the first round, but it's it's hard, and I and that's why I wouldn't have them projected at all as as the uh, favorites in any of the playoff series against any of the the, the teams they might face. Well, and it's year one of whatever this run is going to be. Teams just don't figure it out year one. It, it just doesn't happen. This is not a veteran team. You know, it's being led by a second year guy, as great as Luca has been, still only his second year in the league, and and this is you know the NBA. I just think that, uh, you know, we're, we're putting the cart before the horse. If anyone's predicting they're going to get out of the first round, doesn't mean they won't. Doesn't mean they don't catch fire and, and, and catch someone, you know, maybe maybe a team has an injury or something like that. But I think it's unrealistic to 
expect them to to get out of the first round. See, this is why he should have played down the stretch of the All-Star game. He would have got that experience that he needed to handle yeah, no. yes. <laughs> tough situation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, that that had I haven't felt like that watching the end of a game like since a finals game. It was bizarre that it And by the way, not even every finals game feels that way. I it literally the feeling it took me back to, and this is a ridiculous thing to say, and I do not know why I had this feeling, but it took me back to the 2016 finals. The the Warriors, you know, the the famous Warriors the Cavs end one. of game seven. Yeah, yep. that's how I felt at the end of it. And and it's really weird I feel like that because this was a game with no stakes, but every single player was so good and and we just we never see stuff like that. I, I, yep. I guess it's probably just that uniqueness that the end of that game had just just kind of compared to the uniqueness of a of a winner go home finals game. It just part of just, you know, you weren't expecting it from you didn't know yeah. what to expect. I, I don't think it's going to feel like that always going forward. So I, I think it will, you know, it's going to feel differently when we've seen this before or seen this more frequently. Yeah, so it was it was definitely a lot of fun in that respect. Let me ask you this question, Tim. This one might get you in a little bit of trouble, but. Forget about team. What city do you want to have to go to during the first round? Hmm. LA. <laughs> okay, let's take LA out of the equation because that's the obvious. I was, was going to say, that's not that hard. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, Denver, Utah, Houston. Uh, De- what city do you want Denver, to go to? Definitely Denver. I like Denver. It'll be nice. The weather will be beautiful up in the mountains uh, in mid-April. It's It's by far... By far, Denver. I've spent a lot of time in Houston for playoff series before, and there's just nothing to do around the arena. And just generally, it's it's. I'm, I live in Dallas. I can't say nice things about Houston. I spent some time in in Utah, or you know, I spent a couple of days in Utah. I thought it was it was fine, but you know, I, I think Denver is by far the the city that's you know, L.A. and Denver are the both the realistic and the um, you know, as as as, for, as yeah, out out of realistic cities, you know, I think LA first. That one's not hard. In in second, Denver, and the other two are a wash either way. Right. Well, out of the gate, I like the Mavs' chances in their first three games: Orlando, Atlanta, Minnesota, San Antonio. Really, the first four games, even though three of them are on the road. I I, I think you might get a chance uh, ended up somewhere in like Houston. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a pretty good chance of that. I've, I've spent, like I said, I've spent, um, you know, when I, was, when I was with SB Nation, I covered a lot of Rocket series. I covered, you know, their their 27 missed threes against um against the Warriors. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm very used to that city. We're going to learn a lot about this team in the next 30 games um, and, and the playoffs. And let's see, you know, if they can build some momentum and and give themselves a puncher's chance, you know, can can Porzingis start to contribute like he was early on in the season? You know, are they going to be able to defend enough without Dwight Powell? You know, what's Willie Cauley-Stein going to do for this team? There are questions that that we'll find out the answer to. Uh, I think a lot of them are not going to be the answer that people want, want to hear, but we are going to get some answers. And then I'm really looking forward, you know, as we as we push through the rest of the season in how this information heads into the off season and, and and next year because again this is year one you know it, it usually is at least the second year before we start to see real progress yeah i think we're they're playing with house's money right i think that's a good summation headed into the second half dave mo thank you guys this is tim we'll catch you guys next time